Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son, how are you? Hi, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by the skyscraper, Sky Harry. To be more like Sky, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. His back is strong, his beard is thick. Wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show. Joe Marler, here we go. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce. Tommy boy, the pipes, the pipes are not calling. Joe, did you travel, as usual, uh, by train to the studio today? Choo-choo, that is correct. Very good, very nice. Where do you stand, Joe, in terms of people eating on the train? They can eat whatever they want, unless it's a fucking cooked camembert. Have but you seen that? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually seen someone eat a cooked camembert on a train. Why? Are you alright with a dirty burger? The stench of a dirty burger? Don't mind it at all, mate. Noisy packet of crisps. You eat whatever you want. Oh, where's, where are they eating it? Where, how close am I? Next to you. Next to me. It's a crowded carriage. And they're eating it aggressively. Noisily, yeah. With an open mouth. Might have to say something. Like, any chance of you eating less like a pig? Just to see what the reaction of everyone else in the carriage is to that. Do you ever interact with people on the train? I used to, not so much anymore. I don't know why. Well, you can find some really interesting people on trains. That you probably could. Yeah, why? Do you? You don't. I, do I had an interaction on the way down, Joe, um, with an elderly gentleman mm. who was struggling to put his suitcases on the luggage rack, which, if I'm very selfish about it, enabled me to feel like a hero because I was able to pick up his suitcase, put it on the luggage rack. It took about three seconds, but it made me feel unnaturally good about myself. Well, talking of a uh, elderly gentleman, congratulations and tribulations. Got Cliff Richard on, have we? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's that was the segue because you fucked it up. <laughs> I think it's about time you quit your jibber jabber and your wishy washy drivel fuck, and <laughs> we get a guest on. All right, enough. Get the car salesman on. Our guest today is Lloyd. (laughs) I've said his name wrong. Is it Lloyd or Lloyd? Just Lloyd. But it's got two L's. I know, mate. Right, okay. We'll (laughs) go with our guest today is Lloyd and he's a car salesman. Welcome, Lloyd. Thanks for having me on, guys. Excited to be here. Lloyd, you're a listener to the show, are you? I am, yeah, yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Obviously, it's a good thing that we've got a listener. Yeah, that is positive. <laughs> um, and are you a positive listener, and you actually enjoy it, or you come back? No, I actually enjoy it. Oh. That's even better. Well, I pay the pound a week. <gasps> the extra bit. Even, even better. You're a car salesman. You look nothing like Danny DeVito. Right, that's uh, good. You do have a hat on. I do. And I'm interested to know whether it comes off. <laughs> it does. Or it's been glued on. <laughs> My hat is my armour, Joe. Ah, similar man. Yeah, bad good. hairline, wear a hat. Ah. Why is it that you, not you personally, but your profession, is one of the least trusted professions in the country? The fact behind that is back in eighties, nineties, when car sales were wild, wild west of any industry. You went into a nightclub in central London. Car salespeople were the people with money, um, and that was because of dodgy interest rates. There was an old trick that people would slap their tie over the interest rate. So. You'd be signing up for a ten grand lend, but forty nine, fifty percent APR, and Hang on. have a clue. They would so when you're signing the contract, they would literally place the tie around their neck over the all important number on the piece of paper. Absolutely correct. Before regulation, right? Hang on, I'm lost here. 
a tire. They'd put <laughs> a, t- <laughs> a tie. Oh, a tie. Maybe I do need these fucking headphones on. <laughs> Fuck me. You said a tie. A necktie. Ah, I was like picturing a tire round someone's neck. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That would raise suspicion, I reckon. And that's changed, has it? You're now more trustworthy, are you? Uh, we are more trustworthy. We are heavily regulated by the FCA. So, dodgy FCA. F- f- uh, Tom, you have a guess at what that is? The Financial Car Authority. Conduct, close. Ah. Um, so, now, yeah, re- regulated by them now, there's laws about interest rates, regulations. Essentially, if a car salesperson does something wrong in the eyes of the FCA, you lose your job, you'll never work in a financial industry again, and you'll probably get a little bit of porridge as well. Yeah. Porridge? Time inside, Joe. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Simone. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah bro. <laughs> Porridge, I've never heard that. As I'm going to use that now. Can I use that? Is that right to use Did you ever wonder why the famous sitcom about life in prison was called Porridge? No, I didn't ever wonder that. Now I I still don't wonder that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not bothered. I I really liked it. I feel like we've gone down a cul-de-sac here, Joe. Um, Shall we move on to the next question? I feel like we were driven... I'm trying to make it relevant to the... (laughs) We were we were driving down this cul-de-sac, That's and nice, it, yeah. it's important that we now reverse. Mm. We roll back <laughs> um, to the next question of, can you still cheat the miles on cars, second-hand cars, I, in the same way Matilda's dad does? I had a customer, who all shall remain nameless. Yes. Uh, he came to me with a Rolls-Royce Phantom <gasps> that had done 3,000 miles. Hmm. It had actually done 47,000 miles. <gasps> How? Did he use the screwdriver? No, it's a little chip that goes on the speed sensor and it stops the car recognising that it's done miles. Is it? So it's doable? Yeah. And do people still do it? All the time. <gasps> do they? Yeah. They can get away with it? You don't find it on the lower end stuff, on the on the high end stuff that's very mileage dictated. So if I'm on, if I'm on Auto Trader mm-hmm. and I'm looking at cars and I want a car between 30 and 40,000 miles, is there any way of knowing that they're fucking lying to me? Do your research. HPI checks. Um, they'll usually flag up if there's something with a mileage discrepancy. But check your MOTs. MOT history. You go on gov.co.uk and you put the reg number in, it'll give you full MOT history. And the MOT history will have the number of miles it's done, will it? Correct. <sighs> and I've seen it before on cars where it's first MOT, 10,000 miles. Second MOT, 2,000 miles. Hang on a second. Yeah, so... I smell a rat. <laughs> How expensive are these chips? I'll be honest, it's not something I've ever looked into. Um, but they're not expensive. I know people that do do it and have done what? it. He knows people. He knows people like this. I want to know the people that you know. We can have a chat off air, Joe. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm actually in the market at the minute. I need to sell my van. Yeah. And Caravelle. No, my Caravelle. And no one wants to buy it. How many miles has it done? It's officially, legally, done 47,000 miles. It's a uh, 68 plate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about cars. It's a 68 plate, so what year would that make it? That would be late 2018, early 2019. How do registration plates work? Because when I was a child in the 1870s, um, (laughs) it was the last letter of the reg would be a certain year. So when you were sort of eight or nine years old, you would all know, for example, that an X meant 1982 or whatever. Look at X reg or Y reg, yeah. Yeah. So now it's all done on years. So on the 1st of March 2022... That registration will be the area code, so for where I am, RO, RE, something like that, 22. Uh, that seems then, easier. And then come September, that will change to 29. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's what? looking at me. Why does it change in September? Um, so it's two registration months, and this that was essentially devised to make the drive, because everyone wants the new number plate on their car. Oh, yeah. Really? Market. So they want that as uh, yeah. flash. Daisy asked me, my wife asked me a question the other day because I bought a personalised number plate years back mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, we need to get the insurance. What like, is it? Am I, am I allowed to say? On their Why rules? not? There's loads of people that always hide shit, isn't there? Am I allowed to say? Why am I so scared to say I mean, it's that? on her car. Yeah, no, you it's wouldn't. On... I wouldn't say it, no. Can you write it down for me? I just want to see how realistic it is. It That's doesn't fantastic. look that much like Daisy, does it? <clears throat> but it names a body part. D33ZNUT5. Yeah. 
<laughs> How do you pronounce that? <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. How much did you pay for these nuts? Uh, I, ah, that's that's the real one. Oh, is it? Um, anyway, she asked me. She went. I don't understand these number plate issues. I said, what do you mean? She went, well, did they, how do you get a personalised plate? Did they print all of these out at the start randomly and then they're just like pick and choose or do you get a mate? I don't understand it. Can you yeah, please so help me, Lloyd? That one that you've written down, yeah. not D's nuts. Um, let's, <laughs> let's go with D's nuts. That's the one we go with. That let's couldn't exist. Okay. Why? Because it's offensive. No, because of the order of the letters and numbers. Oh. Oh. So when you look at the other one you've written down on yeah. the sheet, those first two letters relate to the area in which that car was first registered. So if if you go to Southampton, for example, yeah. or Bournemouth, or buy a car from Paul, it will come with a registration number HD. What's the most, Lloyd, that you've heard someone has paid for? 285 grand. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. What could that fucking say, surely? Um, I won't do the last three of the reg number, for obvious reasons, <laughs> Yeah, but it was F1. Something. Oh. Right, apparently, according to Google, the most someone has ever paid for a number plate is a hundred and one million what pounds. Officially it was fourteen point eight million dollars, but they've obviously converted it to pounds because I'm on the UK. Mm, thanks know, for the clarification. No worries. <laughs> uh, and it was for number one. Is oh. the just one. Well how does that work, Lloyd? Oh, mate, I'm lost at that one. He, what do you mean, how does it work? Well, it's we've, just just a, heard, we've just heard that it has to have... Yeah, but it's yeah. from Abu Dhabi. This is in Abu Dhabi. Oh, different rules. Different rules. That's like, that's actually boring. What do you want one for as your number plate? Surely it would be more fun to have PEN15. Yeah, that is better. Yeah. That's yeah. much better. Yeah. The UK's one, most expensive, was 25.0, which was sold for... 518 gram. I mean, it's, that must be worth more than the vehicle. Yeah. It's displayed on a classic Ferrari 250 GTO. What's that then? That is a very special Ferrari. Is it? Yeah. That's probably in the 20 millions. <laughs> what, what, what was that? What was that noise? <laughs> it's astonishment. <laughs> Would you ever want to drive a car like that? Yes, it's but... be that sort of money. Talking of money, I'm interested in finding out how you get paid... I don't want to know what you get paid, but are you paid like a yearly salary or the more you get for a car, the more you get paid? Is it all commission? Yeah, so you get paid a basic salary. Traditionally, that basic salary is incredibly low. Oh. 12, 13, up to 20 grand, realistically. You are then paid commission. Depending on where you work and the brand that you work for, you're paid a percentage of the car's profit. Uh, so most of the times I've been paid on 10% of profit. Can you negotiate that? Yeah, it's your job to maintain the profit within the vehicle when you sell it. So if you came in and started a car for 10 grand and it made £1,000, I'd get 100 quid. That doesn't seem very much. No. You've got to sell a lot of cars. I always under the impression that you got more. So and this comes back from the from the 80s and 90s when car salespeople were absolute ballers and they had <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable incomes. People were under the impression that car salespeople earn a shed load of money and we're blood-sucking thieves. Can I just, Joe's referenced the veto in Matilda already. I would like to go through the sort of the veto checklist of dodgy things to do to dodgy cars. Can you just tell me if it's realistic or if Dahl has made these up? Yeah. Number one, <laughs> sawdust into the gearbox. Never seen that. Why would you put sawdust in the, why does he put sawdust in the gearbox? I think it's to stop the cranking and grinding and then the sawdust just softens it for a little bit, doesn't it? We're asking an official professional car salesperson questions based on a roll doll book that's right that's exactly <laughs> what we do. okay please continue just for full disclosure i am no longer a car salesperson so i'm happy to expose car salespeople. Oh. we'll get to that this is good yeah let's fucking do it yeah let's expose the motherfuckers <laughs> devito cheat sneak number two as Joe's referenced, getting the mileometer, and I think DeVito uses a screwdriver, a drill, reversible drill, doesn't he? Oh, Quicker. That's <laughs> it. Makita. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Olden days, you could literally reverse screwdriver the mileage on a car. Is there anything else that DeVito does? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he superglues the. I think he uses superglue to put a errant bumper back on. I've done that. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. No way. 
you've stuck a bumper on. I have done over the years. As a car salesperson, and I don't mind saying this, Joe, you came in to buy a car from me, you'd go, oh, you'll have that scratch done, won't you, Lloyd? Yeah, have that scratch done, and the curved wheels. Yeah, yeah, of course I will. I'll park it out of the sun, make sure it's still wet from the valet bay, and uh, sharpie those black wheels back up so no one notices. Oi, 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 oi. I'm never trusting a car sales, but mind you, I've never trusted one anyway. No. So please yeah. continue. What other what other tricks are there that are, that they used to, they used to do? They obviously used to do. they not me, obviously. not you, I'm a professional car. So sharp, yeah, but sharpies might as well be doing that anyway. That's sh- I've seen someone do that with a higher car they got, which they got a little tiny scratch on, and rather than pay the punishing excess, they just got the black sharpie out and filled this little hole in. My favourite in that scenario is Tepex on a white car because it doesn't matter what white it is Tepex matches wow do you get a little bump on it do you have to do it really carefully yeah yeah but yeah, and I've, I have been caught Tepexing a customer's car as they're, <laughs> <laughs> as they're driving into the car park to pick it up <gasps> and I then quickly wipe over it and you've gone oh I'm just giving it last poly last buff see the old girl out what's that in your pocket <laughs> what's that oh, it's tip- oh, no, don't worry about that it's, yeah, yeah just <laughs> yeah um, dye, black dye. If you've got a black car with a scratch on the bumper, you can put black dye on the bumper. Um, spraying carpet max with black black spray paint to make them look new. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Can I, I make note of these just so when I go to sell my. Uh, no, don't. Uh-huh. If you've got white trainers, don't get in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so they're, they're the tricks. Mm-hmm. When you go and buy a new car and I drive off, I've been, you know, duped into paying God knows how much for this car because apparently that's what it's worth. And then as soon as you drive it off the forecourt, it depreciates. What the fuck's that about? VAT, essentially. If, you, if you're buying a brand new car, yeah. as soon as you drive it off the forecourt, you lose 20%, which is the VAT, typically. Why? What? Because you paid a premium to own something that nobody's ever owned before, never driven on the road. As soon as you drive it off the forecourt and onto the road, it's a used car. What you should do, Joe, from the sound of this, is you should stand outside a garage, wait for someone to drive a new car off it and then offer to buy it off to buy it <laughs> on the same day yeah because they've only done a few they've done like 300 meters or something but you're getting fundamentally a new car i don't think that's gonna work <laughs> uh, yeah I, if i just paid 50 grand drive out and you offer me 30 it's probably uh, <laughs> so why is the second hand market so fucking big at the moment uh new car supply and i'll use my, my mate ad shout out uh, hi ad <laughs> he ordered a golf r from volkswagen about 11 months ago he won't get that car probably until July or August. So Why? 13 or 14 months. So there is essentially a semiconductor or a microchip shortage globally, um, which is slow production. Is Where does the shortage come from? Uh, China. Um, they tend to produce the, the semiconductors and the microchips. My understanding is it's actually no supply of the raw materials needed to make them. So what that essentially means is you've got all these people that are tied up in lease deals, finance deals, that are coming to an end and they need to buy a car. And because there isn't nothing, anything new available, they have no choice but to buy a second-hand car. And that means that dealers can force the prices up. It's just a different version of being a drug dealer. Without drugs, though. It's the same thing, mate, just with just being legal. It's legal drugs, basically. That's how I'm looking at this. You've got dodgy fuckers, tipex in cars. <laughs> You've got fucking supply and demand. <laughs> Fundamentally, Joe, what we're saying is this is very good news for you selling your Caravelle. There has genuinely never been a better time to sell a used car. And can I ask for, like extortionate price we, we, we need to look at market value so if, oh. if market value is 45 46 grand for a caravan of that age my we buy any car valuation came back with 35 grand okay. for my caravel but if i'm honest with you i think it's worth more how do i get more sell it privately but that's so much effort isn't it like, how, does, got, how does we buy any car thing work so this is an interesting one, actually. So we buy any car owned by a company called Constellation Automotive. Okay. We buy any car also own British Car Auctions, BCA, Cinch. Right. So but, their business model is, and I'm trying not to use the phrase rip people off, but <laughs> is their deal to exploit <laughs> Undercut. undercut. Just undercut a fraction. People like Joe Lloyd, who don't want the perceived hassle of selling a car privately, so we buy any com are banking on that. They'll offer a lower price than Joe might get, but in Joe's head, it's hassle-free. Yeah, exactly that. So we buy any car's business model is that they will always offer you less than a dealership, whoever else, but it's zero aggro. 
You turn up, they have a look at your car, they go, oh, we offered you 35, we'll give you 32, we'll bank transfer it to you now, and you go, fucking hell, thank 32 in my bank account right now, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? There's the keys to make the do the transfer. What they now have the ability to do is to move that car within their very specific area of sales. So, as a buying force, we buy any car in British car auctions and now have the ability to, to retail dispose of those vehicles. So, let's say Joe sells his Caravelle to the Sussex area of WeBuyAnyCar.com. They could then flog it at a much higher price, for example, in the Chelsea branch of one of their other dealerships. Sell it to themselves. What do you mean they can sell it to themselves? So, we buy any car. Yeah. We'll then sell that car to Cinch. But they're owned by the same people. Correct. And then sell it at a profit. Fuck me, dead. And I, I've got a latest one. I've got Sell Your Car Sussex. Sell your car, Sussex. Yeah, and I've got a message. I got a message from Gary last night. Hi, Joe. Thanks for the inquiry on the VW. Have you got any pictures on the van showing any damage, etc.? Is it a normal van or a day van? What's a day day van? van. It's got a bed. No, then it's not a day van. Oh, that makes no sense. That should be a night van. (laughs) (laughs) Is it ready to go? And what buys it? What's that mean? What and what buys it? Uh, Yeah, what prices? What buys it? Oh, that, well, I, thought that, that? I, I thought that was a, like a typo. I was like, what? I've been sitting here trying to work. Sounds very Sussex. What right, buys it? And what buys it? <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah, what, what buys it? 50k. Can I put that? Can, put what you want. Joe, um, shall we have a little break for adverts then and then come back with a series of devastatingly interesting questions? Yeah. Ready? Break. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Right, that was the hard stop. We're now going to take a, a left-hand turn and go right round that roundabout three times before parking. Hang on, we're taking a left-hand turn and going right round the roundabout. Yeah, so you've got to go left first before you go right round a roundabout, don't you? Yeah, I suppose you do, actually. Yeah, yeah, so thank you. I would like to know, Lloyd, <laughs> how people try to negotiate a price from a car salesman. Let's say that uh, Joe and I are buying a car together for some reason. We're going on tour for this podcast. Yeah, we are. We are going on tour. That's a good segue. So we've walked into your forecourt and we've seen a car and it says uh, in those massive stick-on letters on the windscreen, it says 10,000 English pounds. Mm-hmm. Joe is going to negotiate with you. Go, Joe. Oh, hi, I'm Joe. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Who are you? Uh, I'm Lloyd. Hi, Lloyd. How's that spelt? Uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. <laughs> ah, how I thought it would be. So, do you mind if I call you Lloyd? I do, Joe. Yeah. Oh, you do yeah, mind? Yeah. Just, just imagine it's got one L. Okay. Hi, Lloyd. Hi, Joe. Um, I'd like to buy a car. I've only got ten grand. Have you got any that are suitable? Perfect. Yeah, I've got one over there. Ten grand. It's all yours, Joe. Drive it away today if you want to. Okay. Any chance um, I could get some change from that 10 grand? Well, you told me you got a 10 grand budget. And I'm oh, a 10 grand fuck. Car. I've got it wrong from the start, haven't I? I feel so. Okay. You've not kept your powder dry there. Okay. You? Lloyd, do you mind if we just pretend we didn't meet? I'm going to walk away yeah. and I'm going to come back. Come back okay. again? Okay, cool. Hi, Lloyd. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? How do you know my name? <laughs> You're Joe Meyer, the rugby player, yeah? Oh, well played. Really well played. Oh, fuck. How I'm... do you know his name? He's got a badge on now. Okay. And uh, he says Lloyd. <laughs> hey, mate, I've got five grand. Uh, I need to buy my son his first car. Okay, uh, this is my budget. <laughs> what? <laughs> my seven-year-old son. He's eight. He's eight-year-old son. And uh, have you got anything that can help? I'm looking. Something small. Nothing crazy. Uh, you know what you got? Um, for five grand, I could probably show you the door. Oh, not not enough. No, look, our car's here, Joe. We, you know, we we start at ten grand and, and we go up to about forty-five. So we've got some flexible finance options available for you as well. So five grand will give you a really healthy deposit to keep that monthly payment low for you. So if you're happy to sort of look outside your budget, I'm sure we can find something that'll be really suitable for your son, and he'd be happy and safe in. How did you do that then? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like he's just bamboo. You saw my face as soon as he started talking. As soon as you started talking, I was like, right. 
I, I'm not semi, I really don't understand what you're saying. You're saying it quite quick, so I can't really interrupt you. And you've somehow also managed to persuade me to go, yeah, that that, that sounds good. Help me even more, because you're clearly really nice and you're going to help me get the best deal possible, because that's how it sounds. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. me and you against the managers, Joe. <sighs> ah, really good. We're in this together. Okay. I've got 10 grand I can spend. What can I get for that? Definitely. So what I'll do is, Joe, we'll, we'll have a little chat. We'll find out what's going to be best for your son, because I don't want to say you something that's no good to you. Um, we'll have a look at our stock options. I'll show you a couple of cars. We'll give you all of the information that you need. So I'll give you printouts of the cars, the mileage, the specs. Take those away. I'll give you a business card. When you're happy, come back and we'll uh, get a deal done. Right, so I went to this showroom. Yeah. The, the Lamb Rover dealership, or Harwoods, they were called. And I said, I'd really like to buy this car. How do How do I go about it? Like... I haven't got all the money to buy it outright, yep. but I want to buy a car. Yep. So, well, we can offer you a PCP, or do you want to lease it and all that? And I went, I don't know what a PCP is. I don't know what a lease it. And I still, even though I then ended up buying this car, I still don't know what I was doing. And only recently, when I started getting notifications saying, oh, your deal's coming to an end. Yep. Would you like to purchase it? And I was like, what do you mean? I fucking, I thought I, I already did buy it like all these months ago they gave me the options of you can either trade it in and upgrade to a different car or go to a different car whether it's an upgrade or not you can just hand the car back or you can pay the final payment and the car's yours and i went i understand the first option and i understand the last option but what the fuck if i go with just giving the car back do i get my deposit back nope what What's your, that's the bit I can't work out. What's going on there then? So that's a PCP. Right. Um, it's probably the most popular way to fund a purchase. What does this stand for? Personal contract purchase. Mm. So what that what that means is, so let's say this guy you wanted to buy was 50 grand. Yeah. And I'm, I'm Lloyds Bank, who are actually behind Land Rover Finance. And they've gone, okay, well, in three years' time, we reckon that car's going to be worth 15 grand. So the point from 50 to 15 is your deposit and your monthly payments. So you pay, essentially, for that car's depreciation over your term. So it's not actually a good deal? It depends what's important to you. If it's important to you as a customer is getting a new car every three years and not lashing out 50 grand, then it's the right option. So you saying I could have handed that car back and got a new car? Not for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But if you so when you when you went back to, to Land Rover, yeah. they'd have gone, right, Joe... We reckon your car's worth 15 grand on your finance agreement. And I'd have gone, no. No, I think it's worth more. And they'd have gone, we think you're right. We think it's worth 20 grand. So you've then got five grand to deposit for your next car. Okay. But if it's worth less than the 15, you don't pay that. That's the responsibility of the finance company. Okay. I think it would have been worth a lot less. Um, Bear in mind that I somehow tore a hole from panel one to panel five mm. on the left-hand side of it mm-hmm. all the way up on yeah. my way home from work one day. And in doing that, that was the main reason why <laughs> I then went and got it fixed at like a different garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I was allowed to do if I wanted to give it back. I had to get it done by them or whatever. And because I was so scared to tell them that I'd crashed the car and done so much damage to it, I just went... Yeah, I'll just buy it. Did you? <laughs> Instead of going, I trade it in for a different car. So it costs you massively <laughs> more. Yeah, and now I've just got a car on my drive. But at least I can say, oh, at least it's my car. My car is actually my car now. Is it? Just clarifying, is that now my car? <laughs> I did pay the final payment. Is yep. it just mine? It doesn't belong to anyone else. No one else. That's my car. car. Fucking hell. About time I bought a car. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's my first car. That's nice. I'd like to go back to the role play of right, trying to buy my first car in that lot. Look, uh, what are the chances of you knocking off 10 grand, not knocking off a couple of grand, if I, I've got a really famous uh, friend called Tom Fordyce? He does loads of podcasts. I'll get him to sign a, a picture of himself for you. Will that get me any discount? So, because you know Tom Fordyce, yeah, and he's going to sign his own name on a picture of himself. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to give you two grand off the price of that car, which to a salesperson 
in 10% terms, it's 200 quid. You want okay. me to give you 200 quid out of my back pocket for a signed picture of Tom Ford. Like, Have you ever been offered yeah. anything in order to get someone? Yes. What, better than a signed Tom Fordyce picture? Yep. What? I was offered a blowjob. Pardon? By a Ooh. customer. Like a, like, a, like a dick in your mouth situation. <laughs> yeah, dick in, what? The, dick in well, mouth situation. What sort of blowjob were you thinking of? I don't know, I just wanted clarity. You've um, been offered a blowy for a fucking discount. Yeah. What was the car? Uh, Bentley Bentayga. And It was really awkward because her husband was in the back of the car. What? So he 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 watched. I didn't get the blowjob. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You've assumed that I've accepted fellatio from a stranger. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> See ya, mate. <laughs> Did the husband... I mean, it might have been a little bit off-putting with the husband in the back, but... Just to clarify the, the finer details in this, Lord, the husband heard the offer. You couldn't not hear it. And I, I was sat in the front. I, <laughs> you couldn't not hear it. <laughs> and I sort of went, what the fuck? <laughs> and I sort of just started looking round at him in the back, and he was deadpan-faced. Was like... See, his reaction, Joe, makes me wonder if she had offered that same bribe in other situations, maybe purchasing a house... The we, we, we don't actually know whether it was specifically her offering oh, her services, mm. or maybe the reason the husband in the back was so quiet was because he was like, yeah. she's offering me out. Uh, yeah. Mate, it's a really good point, and not one that I'd consider, now I feel violated. Uh, what, <laughs> I, what I'm d- disappointed about is that you didn't go through with it so we could actually find out whether it was him or her, or what, whether... It was how the big it, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did they leave are, a card? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll have to <laughs> let my fiance know that Joe disappointed. Did they? <laughs> did they leave it? Sorry, did I? You say did they leave a card? A deposit. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the following fine people: Gareth, oh so quiet, Burke. Hallelujah! It's Josh Buckley, the Compass, Dave Southworth, God Frankincense, and Simon Burr. The Joystick, Ben Joyce, Kerry, the Noble Steed. Yeasty Lover, it's Dan Beers Baker, when Beth Parry met Sally. The Sound Man, Ollie Sound. Zoom Zoom, Rob Speed. The Lizard, Lucy Ellica. The Viking, Dave Darking. And No Hope Cat, East Hope and Bob Hope. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor and grow the show today. If Joe was looking for the best value car, Lloyd, what make and model should he go for? I am actually looking for a car now oh, yeah. so that I'm really it's interested about this. So the, it's a very difficult question to answer because different cars suit different financial means. So to someone that hasn't got an, an awful lot of money and doesn't want to spend an awful lot of money mm. on a car, I would look at a Ford or a Vauxhall or something like that. I think pound for pound, they're probably the best cars on the market. A Kia, brilliant car. I'd buy a Kia. Why is a Kia so good? They've just got fucking everything. I saw a Kia, I was in a Kia yesterday, and it's the new electric one. Yeah. And what fuck, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And I said, how many miles you get out of this? It's fully electric. He went, mm, two, 240 or something like that. I went, I want to get a Kia. I want to get this car. But then there was part of me that was like, oh, I don't know. what's Because you hadn't heard of Kia? Or... I would imagine that Joe has dealt with Harwoods because he owns something with a Land Rover badge on the bonnet. Yes. Yeah. Is that is is that what they do? Harwoods do Land Rover. Yeah, Harwoods oh, do okay. tend to do the higher end stuff, Land Rover, Bentley, oh, okay, yeah. that sort of thing. You don't want to drive around in a Korean car. Why? That, because I think if you if you own a Land Rover or a car with a big name attached to it, yeah, you have it's a status because, thing, isn't because it? Because it either makes you feel really good when you drive, yeah, it, yeah, or you like the way that it makes you. Look. Yeah, I. This is this is a big one for me um, because I treated my so the. Back to the story of the PCP when I first mm-hmm. trying to work it out was 2016. We won the Grand Slam, and I'd never really bought anything like to treat myself for you, for for, for me. And I was like, and I always was like, oh, I'd love to like buy a Range Rover and have like that was my treat, and to be like, I don't know why that was always a goal or something. I'd like to own a Range Rover and all that. Like. So I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. And that was like an achievement for me. Yeah. And it was a status thing. It was, oh, fucking Range Rover. I've always looked up. Oh, yeah, it'd be nice. Because you get in a car like that and you go, I've made it. I've arrived. A little bit. It was like that. And as soon as I got in it, I was like, fuck, I was doing the test drive with Peter. 
and I was like, oh, it's so sur- sturdy and thing. And he was like, yeah, it's really safe for the kids. And all oh, you know, if you get in an accident, I wonder, why are you immediately going down the fucking route of? I'm not going to fucking get in an accident. You think I'm a shit driver? I'm not. He's probably watched the way you've pulled away. <laughs> <laughs> the curb and gone. Whoa. There is that nerve. Have pro- you done test drives where you, the Mate, the, the passenger's gone? Not passenger. The driver's like, oh god, I'm really nervous or stalled or something like that. Yeah, and, and uh, the famous quote by all customers when you get in a car to go on test drive, they always look at you and go, "Oh, I feel like I'm on my driving test." <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> just drive the car. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I've been out with some of the most horrific drivers, and and there there did come a point in my career where I just refused to go out with people. Back to your story, Joan. But it, well, yeah, so I did that, and then essentially I was like, "Yeah, that was cool," and I'm really proud of that and thingy. But then it, we ended up having fucking hundreds of kids, and it's not practical. Mm-hmm. Like we've got four kids, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to sell it." I'm gonna have to. It was that same car that I'd wrecked, and then went, "Oh, actually, I'll just pay the final payment anyway because <laughs> I'm too scared to give it back." <laughs> and then justify it with like, "No, I I have now finally achieved it because I bought it outright, so that was my achievement, which is complete horseshit." I was just too scared to give it back, and now and we had this. We've got this seven seater Caravelle that Daisy doesn't want anymore because it is a bit fucking of a nightmare to drive and whatever. And she was like, "What about those?" Um, discoveries yeah the old model the old shape one yeah so i went there like that do that and i spoke to jim the mechanic guy my mate up the thing I said jim i want to get a discovery the three four whatever he was like why do you want to get a land rover it's a piece of shit it's a status car the amount of discoveries they have in because they're fucking made shit mm-hmm. is ridiculous they're like just don't get it it's a status car and i'd never thought about it like you just always presume because it's a well-known name, you think it's going to be top quality, and that's clearly not the case. They're fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I worked for Land Rover for twelve months. Yeah, um, and a lot of reason that I left the brand was I'm sick of seeing my fucking customers. Every other day, lorry would come in, broken down car on the back of it. They're really? kicking off at me, and I'd always go, "I didn't build it. Calm down. <laughs> not put it." Did that go- help them calm down? No, it didn't. No. I, I found that didn't particularly work well. Just um, the 12 months it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you, I've got a list here of the UK's best-selling cars in 2022. I mean, there's cars here I've literally never heard of. Uh, one, two, three, four. We'll start in fifth place. Something. Have you heard, Joe, of the Vauxhall Mocha? Yeah, it's brown. So the Vauxhall Mocha sold 3,659 cars versions <laughs> whatever it did why the Vauxhall Mocha honestly I'm sorry to all Vauxhall Mocha owners why you don't know you shit? don't know why they're so they're shit are they yeah, they are what's next so that's that's fifth fourth is the Ford Puma Puma 3773 is it hang on no. is it spelt P-O-O-M-A it's the Puma what's, right. what's so good about the Puma it's a very nice looking car. Again, I've never heard of a. Have you heard of a Ford Puma? No, I'm going to f- quickly Google it now. So that makes <laughs> that makes sense. You look in third place. I don't think there's fucking hell. Difference. It is a nice looking yeah, car. Thinking about a Puma. Third yeah, that pl- is nice. It's like very Porsche esque. Yeah, so it looks like a little Macan, doesn't it? A little baby Porsche. Third place is the Mini. Uh, oh, yeah, all right. No, I'm not. Well, the Countryman yeah. or well, this is the point. The, the weird thing about the Mini now is they're not that Mini, are they? They're quite massive. No, they're big. Yeah, I learned to drive in a Mini. Did you? Yeah, really good. Although every... You'd have like an hour's driving lesson and I'd only get half hour's worth of driving because we'd have to have two stops for the instructor to stop for a fag. Oh. We'd get out. She'd open up the back doors, get... <laughs> get get this get this waterproof like... No, sorry, laminated sheet out of her boot and have a Mini toy car... And she'd be no. this. She'd have this like six-inch Super King fag on the go, <laughs> not even a small like roll-up that is just a quick one. That fucking's going to last for ages. And then she'd be like, "Right, if you were in this situation, Joe, what would you do?" And then she'd make me move the car. She'd make you move a toy car. She'd man. make me move this <laughs> toy car. She had a fag. <laughs> Fuck's sake! No wonder it took me so long to pass the test. Second place, the Kia Sportage. Good car. Yeah. Yeah. 4,134 units. In first place, Lloyd, can you guess the UK's best-selling car in 2022? Volkswagen Golf. Was it? Joe, what are you guessing? 
I am going to guess... I would have gone for golf, but I can't say golf. So I'm going to go with a Vauxhall Corsa. Did you look at that list? No. The Vauxhall Corsa. Yeah. In 2022, sold 4,282. The Corsa has outdone the Sportage by a hundred and something. But the new Vauxhall Corsas, the new, I really like the new shape of the Corsas. I was having this argument with my missus the other day. Yeah. Yeah. She's anti-Corsa, is she? Well, she loves the Corsa. Oh. I just bought her a BMW, so... <laughs> <laughs> she loves the Corsa now, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, can you tell me you that before that I bought you fucking... Yeah. <laughs> Joe, you have got the expression on your face that says you've got a fact slash well, question. I've got 12 tips to buying a car. Don't let the salesperson get the upper hand. It doesn't seem very specific. No, make sure you get a good valuation. Well, clearly... Okay, the cheapest deal isn't always the best deal. Oh, fact. The cheapest deal fact. isn't always... Why is that? It, it's a fact because if we had two identical cars next to each other mm. and you bought the cheapest one, mm. it's cheaper for a reason. Because you've stuck the bumper on. With super expanding foam of Tipex, the bonnet, and okay. sharpie the wheels. Okay. Play the dealer at their own game. What does that mean? Just fucking... These, this is what's going to help you buy your next car, Tom, so go with it. Always have a positive attitude. Is that just in life in general? In, ignore the reviews. Go with your gut. I'm not sure about that one. Okay. get. Don't be pushed into taking finance you do not need. Mm. Get the upper hand. Again? Look further afield. These are, They've run out, haven't they, after about six or so? Don't be pressured by second facing. What's second facing? Um, so... Let's say, Joe, you're a salesperson and you couldn't close a barn door, let alone a sale. <gasps> True. Um, you've come in to see me. I'm your business manager. You've gone, fuck, oh, I just can't. This guy's ready to buy, but I just can't, can't do it. it. Can't do can't it. Can't do you it. Can come out and close him? And then you sort of, they tend to play good cop, bad cop. It's usually a bit cringy. Oh. I never did it. That's, that's fucking hell. That is what happened to me. Is it? Yes. That is what happened. He went and got his manager and they came in. You, all that you got lot. second faced. Oh my god! I f- I wish I had this fucking step by step guide, and I wouldn't have got shafted. <laughs> Never be forced into saying yes. Important lesson for in general. every walk of life. Mm, you know what I mean? Absolutely, especially yeah. on blowjob test drives. Excellent. <laughs> Don't think that buying online is cheaper. Oh, is that true? Is that not true? Correct. It's easier though. Ah. And finally, don't be forced into buying dealer supplied extras. Oh. What did you think of my step-by-step? Do you, th- do you feel confident now going into your next deal that you'll... Uh... Do you know what I did when I bought my van, Joe? I want to know. So, so because because I know almost nothing about cars, and I was worried, Lloyd, that this would become instantly obvious to the bloke selling the car. So I took Murph's dad along, who is uh, number one, a scouser. Number two, a man who's worked with his hands throughout his life. Number three, a man who likes cars. Mm-hmm. And I felt that he would give everything that I couldn't in terms of don't fuck around with us, mate. <laughs> I think it's really difficult because Joe's read that list out and I've gone, try and get the upper hand. What's it mean? <laughs> just won't sell you the car. Well, you just like... <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. Just treat your salespeople nicely. Go in and be honest with them and just be nice to them. If you treat them like a dickhead, you get treated like a dickhead. Ah. Right, why do we tend to think that blokes who've got like big fancy cars... We just presume, don't they? Oh, he's compensating for something. He's got a tiny cock. Why do we? Why do we presume that? Why? Why is that the case? Jealousy. Is it? People look at people that have got these cars and go, "Little dick, trying to prove a point." The reason that person has a Range Rover, a Bentley, an Aston Martin, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, whatever, is because they've been successful at something. And I think if you're driving past them in a Vauxhall Mocker, <laughs> <laughs> apologies again to any Vauxhall Mocker listeners. <laughs> you go look at that dick. Because it's an aspirational product. And it's as simple as that. I think people look at it and go, he's got something I'd really like, but I don't ever believe in myself enough that that will be something that I can own. And therefore, I instantly make a judgment on that person. But why do we make that judgment? It's always a male judgment, isn't it? If we see a woman driving a Bentley, what's a really posh Bentley? Bentayga. A Bentley Bentayga. No one ever goes, oh my God, she must have like a cavernous Fandango. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's it's not. It's one rule for one and one rule for another. What, what Why car? has he got a tiny dick and she's looked at like, oh, she's lovely just because she's driving a car? You know what, I mean? what car do you think makes people angriest, Lloyd, in that situation where we would just assume that the driver must be a massive bellend? From personal experience, 
I would say that the car that you drive that you are treated like the biggest piece of shit on the road would be a Lamborghini. Oh, is that what you were thinking of? No, I was think immediately started thinking of a BMW. Um, I don't know the make, but it's the one that you go, he's probably a drug dealer. BMW M4. Is that the one? Yeah, I think so that's... Do you know what I mean? We've got, so, we've got, but why have we got that perception of, oh, that's a drug dealer car? The M4, but what it is, it's incredibly affordable. It's a 55, 60 grand. So it looks flash than it actually... looks flash, goes like shit off a chrome shovel, and people buy it for that reason. As a car salesman, Lloyd, can you spot a customer coming in and accurately predict what car they would like? Yes. So if you saw Joe walking into a forecourt... I know what he's going to say. What car are you thinking? I know what he's going to say. Genuine, all genuine. I know I what would, you're going to say. I would see you buying a Discovery or a Range Rover. Oh. What did you fancy, Joe? Come on. I thought it was a truck. Oh. I used to have, I a v- I used to have Amarok. Yeah, I, I miss I, my Amarok. Do you? Yeah, I really do. I loved it. Lloyd, if you saw me walking onto your forecourt, what vehicle would you associate oh, me with? Oh, shut up. Come on. I'm not asking you. Oh. <laughs> no, be honest as well. Yeah, Don't be, be honest. swayed by me. Don't just be right, honest. Thanks for I'm shutting my eyes. Sorry, Tom, but it would be a Vauxhall Mocker. A what? I can't believe... No, I... Uh, um, a Mocker, man. I was actually thinking of a Skoda. I'd say a Skoda, Octavia, or a Golf. Yeah. Along those lines. But Golf is pushing it. It depends what you're wearing. Who asked you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Piling in. <laughs> okay, we're the salesman here. Nice. We don't know what you drive. We know you, you've just bought your fiance a BMW. That's what we know. Let's be the salesman. Like it. I'll be, be second s- face, so at some point you've got to get me out of the back office. Right? Why are you the boss? Hey, I'm older. Fair. <laughs> Am I buying a car off you two? Yeah. No, we get, yeah, I'm guessing as you, you've come in. Oh, hi, hi, Lloyd. Oh, hi, Lloyd. I don't know my name, Joe. Because you're wearing a name tag. <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't work around. in the garage. No, but he's come straight from his other job. Okay. Which I don't know what it is, but he's got a name tag on saying Nando's. It's been Nando's. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I see you as oh, you drive an Audi TT. An Audi TT. What <laughs> fucking hairdresser, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going for? Uh, second face. Second face. What's what? your name? Don't call me second face. <laughs> manager. Manager. I what? need. I need help second facing this guy. What do you want to sell him? If you look to your left across our forecourt, there's a number of vehicles there. In fact, there's three vehicles we really need to get rid of, Joe. Yeah. Because they've been sitting there for months and they're stinking out the joint. One of them is a second-hand Vauxhall Corsa, which we know is the most popular car in Britain. Yeah. One of them is... A Prius. A Prius. Yeah. It's a pre-used Prius, but it's got that green credentials. The other is basically a monster truck. Yeah. Massive, massive wheels. Yeah, I, I I see Lloyd in the monster truck. Sell it to him. Lloyd, do you want this monster truck? <laughs> it's got a big wheel, show. Massive. I'll take it, mate, yeah. Fuck, that was easy. Hey, don't need your second face. In fact, you're fucking fired. <laughs> I'm your boss. You can't fire your boss. Correction, I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true, Lloyd, that the same car can cost a different amount depending whereabouts in the country you're buying that car? Yeah, of course. But that's bollocks, surely. A little bit of bollocks, but it, it's that southeast London area. You could charge typically more. carries more wealth than other parts of the UK. Yeah, it's never going to be like ten grand different, but there will be hundreds of pounds in it for sure. So, Joe, what car are you after? Let's establish that right at the end of the podcast. What I, car are you after, Joe? I am on. I've decided that we've fucked off the Discovery Three, Four model, whatever it is, and we're now on the lookout for an Audi Q7 because it's got seven seats in it and Audi are reliable. It's like from Snatch, isn't it? You know, why, no, Boris the Blade goes, you know, no, you like this one, it's reliable. The weight is reliable. And Audis are heavy, so I presume they're reliable. I love that you've taken that from a firearms discussion <laughs> <laughs> in a film. <laughs> Does it apply? Uh, mate, Audi An Audi Q7, is that a, a good, yeah, yeah. reliable car to, yeah, I'd say to so. go after? Yeah, absolutely. What other seven-seaters are available to me? Kia Sorento, Kia Sportage. The Sportage, Joe's back. Oh, wow. The Volkswagen Touareg. Touareg? Yeah, it's the big one. <gasps> big Volkswagen. That's seven-seater? Personally. Yes, I need, to, I need a personal I'd professional. I'd go for the Audi one. <gasps> okay. Audi, Audi is. Which part of the country should he buy his Q7? Midlands. 
Midlands. Midlands. Actually, just get on Auto Trader. I have. I've, I've. I've found one on Auto Trader, and I've. I've actually said I'm, I want to buy that one, but I haven't sold the van yet, so I can't buy it. Genuinely, I would say the best way to sell your van right now is a company called Motorway. Motorway. Yep. I've seen them advertised. Yeah, I know a couple of people that have very recently sold cars through there. Why are they so good? It's like Tinder for used cars. Maybe I'll meet that wife and husband that offered you a blowy. Um, I don't know that we've referred to it as wife and husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you don't know, so we'll have to go. Fair enough. Final question for me, Lloyd. When Joe rocks up to buy his, I'm assuming it's a second-hand Q7. Yes. Okay. We've Um, established you don't buy new cars. Exactly. So when Joe goes to buy his second-hand Q7, Lloyd, what are the three or four things he should do? What's his second-hand car check to make sure he's getting a beauty and not a beast? I would... Ask to see a HPI report. Yep. Um, number two, ask for a service history check with an MOT check as well. Mm-hmm. Number three, and this is a genuine one, yeah. just be decent to the salesperson and they will look after you. How do you do that? Just don't treat them like a car salesperson. Fucking hell, but I'm talking to a car salesperson. How do I not treat them like a car salesperson? Because I think, and we, we said this early on, you make a wild assumption about who a car salesperson is. Just go in and yep. just be straight with them and say, look, mate, this is what I've got to spend. I don't want finance or any of that shit. I get you've got to talk to me about it. Yeah. Talk to me about it. That's fine. I'll say you've spoken to me about it. Yeah. Um, and I just want a genuine car. And if you're genuine with people and don't just look at them as, I can have car salesmen telling me a load of bollocks, they will genuinely look after you. I have, hand on heart, never wronged or tipexed or sharpied anyone's wheels that has come in and treated me like a, like a person. <sighs> Not only have I really enjoyed this episode and talking to you, Lloyd slash Lloyd, um, <laughs> I am now also really excited to go to the next forecourt and speak to a car salesperson and treat them like a human, as opposed to what I had been doing in the past and treating them like an untrustworthy piece of shit, which is clearly where I've gone wrong. Um, Hence why I've been shafted several times. (laughs) And I'm now going to go back and check all the cars I've got and double check (laughs) all the Tipex areas that I think have looked half dodgy and go, well, that was my own doing. So... Fair enough. Thank you so much for coming on. Cheers for me on, guys. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. I like the Lloyd. Thanks. Well, if you enjoyed the show as much as Joe and I, and you want to support the show, you probably know by now how you can do that. But if you've forgotten, get this. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. Simply search for Joe Marler Show and then for £1 a week. You can get bonus content, ad-free episodes and you'll be growing the show at the very same time. Yeah, lovely. And we've still got some bits and bobs left on the merchandise shop. So if you want any of them, go to joemarla.co.uk forward slash shop. And if you would like another podcast to listen to before Joe and me return to your ears in a week's time, let me recommend We Didn't Start the Fire. Now, this is a history podcast, but it's also based on the number one smash hit for Billy Joel. It's all the reasons why the world today is as it is. It's funny. It's a way of learning without even feeling like you're learning. Did you mean for that to rhyme? Did it? Excellent. Joe, would you like to know who we have on next week? Only if you rhyme it. Does anything rhyme with Submariner? Yeah. I was walking down the road one day and I was carrying her. (laughs) Next week's episode is with a Submariner. See you then. Fuck! (laughs) Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.